Well, hi, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. As you can see, I wore my old KEZI 9 news hat today um, because we're going to be talking about stuff like I used to do when I was in the news business. This is super fun, except you know what? On this story, and because of who I am now, I get to take a side. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, I was just, it was funny. We were talking to a gentleman today about what you do and why you do it. And he was talking about there's such a vacuum of trust in our world right now and with people. And um, one thing, you know, for me is I think the voiceless should have a voice. That's my whole thing. Um, that's what I've done for my entire life. And when I see big measures coming in and people dumping money in and trying to pull one over on people, it kind of pisses me off. And so we're tonight we're going to talk about a, an interesting measure, measure 114. And, oh, it sounds like such a great idea to some. <laughs> but then you get into the weeds and you start to dig around and look and you realize that something in there smells rotten. And um, I've got some people who want to talk about that. Um, so our show is sponsored tonight by Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. That means vaccinated or unvaccinated. Um, that's your decision. According to Dr. Bratlin, he thinks you can take care of that on your own. He's there to make sure that your gums and your teeth are healthy. And he doesn't care if you've been vaccinated or not. He's going to take care of you. Our other sponsor is Buck's Sanitary Service. Now, I realize you're not going to wait to go if you get to a, you know another pot. Um, but here's the thing. Buck sponsors us and has for, I think that's our longest sponsor. Because you know, Scott Weld and Lisa both believe that people should talk about things even if they disagree with it, that people should still be communicating. And so they sponsor our show because they believe your voice matters, just like I believe your voice matters. Oh, my gosh, people are already coming on here. Here's Laura Ramsdell. Stop measure 44. They are not my voice. And here is big number. Um, oh, we're getting there. They're climbing on. Okay, so let's get right to the show. So we've got right here, Keely Hopkins. Keely, welcome. Tell people who you're from, who you're representing. Yes, Keely Hopkins. I'm the Pacific States Manager for the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. Okay, and then Stan Steele. Hey, Stan. Hi, Rick. And Stan's representing anyone else in the world that has a sports dog, a fishing pole, a gun, uh, any kind of activity in the outside. So he's just kind of like the, the guy that's over everybody. Um, so you guys talk to me, you know, when you look at measure 114, you know, like all the measures, it, it, it's not clear. Um, Keely, start with me. What, what are they trying to sell this as? So unfortunately, it's another one of those feel good, common sense measures that is going to make all the difference to impact crime in Oregon. This is the solution that's needed. But I think as, as a lot of people know, um, you know, we've been down this road before with banning standard capacity magazines. We did it at the federal level and there was no impact on crime. We've seen this done in other states and it doesn't impact crime. We've seen permitting processes done in other states without impacting crime. So they're trying to sell this as just the, the dream legislation that's going to cure everything. And unfortunately, it, it's going to fall short and probably have unintended consequences. So what does it do, either one of you? What does it literally do? Well, Keely can probably speak to that in the finite terms. But Rick, it really pretty much stops the current process that we have for lawful purchase of firearms. 
and it sets up incredible boundaries that are, are, are you know, just things that we have to meet as a, as as a lawful gun owner, a lawful gun purchaser. So, you know, she's absolutely correct when she said it just does not bear the litmus test as far as will this actually prevent crime. And, uh, you know, one of the key things everyone needs to understand, criminals don't follow the law. So hence, what are we going to be able to do with a bunch of additional measures? What did and I I can talk through a few of the specifics. I mean, it's a 12-page initiative, so it covers a lot. So I don't want to go into too many of the details. But so as I mentioned, it would ban standard capacity magazines, which are commonly owned and used by recreational shooters and hunters throughout Oregon. Um, it also would set up a permitting process. So you'd be required to have a permit in order to purchase a firearm. And in order to get the permit, you'd have to go through a training program provided by law enforcement. So none of these currently exist in Oregon. Um, you know, there's a lot of training measures in place that are offered through NRA, through hunter safety classes, through concealed carry training programs. But law enforcement currently isn't offering to the public classes that would be required under this permitting process. So they'd be required to come up with this. And by the way, it's completely unfunded by this initiative. The Oregon State Sheriff's Association said it's going to cost around $40 million annually just to do the permitting training program. So this will all be brand new in Oregon. Um, it will be a substantial revamp on how we currently are purchasing firearms and owning firearms in Oregon. Like I said, it's completely unfunded and it will take effect as written um, right again 30 days after it passes. So this law will go into effect and have all these requirements in place, but they don't currently exist in Oregon for us to do well, it. That's kind of an Oregon thing, though. How many times have we as Oregonians voted on ballot measures and there's no funding and they set them out there? Um, I'm going to remind my viewers, you guys, everybody on here right now, share this on your page right now so other people can see this, so other gun owners can see this is going on. Because honestly, you guys, I'll be honest with you, and I do live in Montana now, but I pay attention to Oregon News. I had not heard about this till Chris West contacted me and said, Rick, we need to get on to talk about this. I had not heard about it, and I'm going to guess a lot of other people aren't. And what they'll end up doing is going into the ballot box going, oh, gun violence, here's a way to stop it, another way to make it harder for people to get guns. It doesn't make it harder for a criminal. Is a criminal going to go to a permit class and then and take the, do the, go through the truck? No. They're going to buy it illegally on the market. They're, I mean, they're not going to go through a class. All they ever do is make it harder for real good people who are gun owners to buy a gun and the criminals just slip by it anyway. It's so stupid. There, go ahead now, Stan. You're so, so Rick, you know, you're absolutely right. And for my professional career, I was an Oregon state trooper for 25 years working the road. And I was in three different patrol offices in the Willamette Valley area. And one of the key things that our troops and all of our law enforcement statewide has to, and the reason they don't support this is it just doesn't do what we need to have done. Everyone's concerned. There's not a person watching you, the show tonight, that's not concerned about crime and the recent spike that we've had in that. But when we're looking at common sense, and I use that term because that's always what's thrown out there, gun laws, we have to sit down at the table and say, what can we do that will effectively change our the situation we're in? This does not... And for example, 
the the gun range requirement that's in here, Oregon's really has a paucity of gun ranges. We do not have gun ranges in every community. It's going to be very difficult to set up that framework in itself. And then the impact that it will have on statewide conservation funding once we get past the public safety issue. And that's what we call the Pittman-Robertson Act. And it's an excise tax that sportsmen have been paying since 1937 that is allocated back to the states. That is one of the primary funding for many wildlife departments nationwide and also a very primary funding basis for Oregon. About $25 million last year is our allocation. So you look at this, it's an unfunded mandate that will actually cost us millions and millions of dollars just in conservation funding. So you know what always just kills me is that you've you've got, so crime's on the rise and why? Well, it has nothing to do with gun owners. It has nothing to do with any of the, most of the people, 95% of the people that this is gonna impact. Uh, and, and, and we all know what needs to be done to stop the violence in our streets and the crime in our streets. And so every, it, it's like they always throw it off on some inanimate object. The other thing I think is it's, guns don't kill people. People kill people. A gun is an inanimate object. It can't reach up and shoot someone. Someone be, has to be behind that trigger. And we already have made it pretty difficult. I remember it took me to get my gun concealed gun permit. Um, well, actually, I didn't do it because it was going to be so long. It was December. I, it was nine months. And then I moved to Montana in January. And guess what? I can conceal or carry, open carry, whatever I want in the state of Montana. My guns are welcome citizens here. So what, Keely, what's another thing people just aren't catching about this measure? Um, so one of the other things it would do is it would create um, a database of all the firearm owners. So this would be maintained by law enforcement. It would include all of the information that's obtained in the permitting process. So this would be, a, I believe, an online electronic database that um, would store all of the information of Oregon's gun owners that have gone through this process, right? Like you said earlier, criminals aren't going to be the ones showing up to take a class, to register with law enforcement that they now have a firearm, it's only going to be placed on Oregon's law-abiding gun owners. So Stan, what's your biggest fear that in, in Oregon that people are going to not read this carefully and and does it feel good? You know, it is. It's, this is kind of a value statement, if you know where I'm going with that. It's a virtual signaling, however we want to put that. And you're absolutely correct. Because everyone is very, very aware of our crime situation. And, and nationwide, we want to, to be able to say, how can we get guns out of the hands of criminals? For example, Rick, several sessions ago, there was another, what we felt was an egregious gun bill in Oregon. So I worked directly with one of the representatives, and we decided that we could craft the felonious gun task force, similar to what we have on some of our drug task force, and that these, we can break the state down into regions. We can have each municipality, each county uh, department, along with OSP and our federal partners, ATF and, and FBI, where, where needed, to actually go out and make sure that we have getting the guns out of hands of criminals. All I'll say is, is the other side of the aisle on this issue 
did not support that amendment or that discussion, would not have the discussion with us. So you look at it, are they really trying to solve a situation or are they using it as kind of a political theater or political game? Because your group, one of the groups that is represented here is sportsmen opposed to gun violence. Um, you know, there's not a, a hunter or a person out there who who supports gun, gun violence. I mean, you're using guns to to take meat and animals and that kind of thing. And I think people have gotten this so so construed. Sarah Evans, I love her comment. She says, how about more required support for our youth, more support for the mentally challenged, more control on the homeless, stop letting people out of jail for no reason. And I would add in there, um, stop ridiculous protests where you allow them to destroy public property and bring weapons to those as well. And people get shot. I mean, it's, it's so hypocritical. Um, to me, to put this, if you really want to solve this, solve this problem, I think there are solutions. But like you said, people don't want to come to the table to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why, as you mentioned, the Oregon Sportsmen Opposed to Gun Violence Coalition came together because hunters, recreational shooters in Oregon, we care about this problem as well. And we feel like there are meaningful collaborative solutions that we can find to make Oregon a safer state and address some of these core problems that I think lead to the issues that we're experiencing, but this measure just doesn't do it. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that as a sportsman's community that we also share the impact that we'll have on legal hunters and the impact that we'll have on conservation funding in the state, which is something that all Oregonians should care about too. Right, because if you're gonna if you're gonna make this and not have funding for it, then all of a sudden that money's gonna go away. And what happens then to our recreation, the wildlife that's out there? That's that's everything from waterfowl to deer to elk. I'm guessing, right? All kinds of all that money. Yeah, absolutely. Like Stan mentioned, under the Pittman Robertson Act, um, there's a 10 to 11 percent tax, uh, an excise tax on the purchase of firearms and ammunition. So every time someone in Oregon's purchases a firearm, whether it's a handgun or a long gun, that money gets contributed back to the state agency. And so in this case, the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. And through the Pittman-Robertson Act, we're generating, Oregon sportsmen and women are generating $25 million every year that goes to the agency in support of wildlife management and conservation efforts. So if you shut down gun sales by restricting the sales of certain firearms, you make it impossible to get a permit to purchase a firearm. That's a reduction in the excise tax, which then therefore is a reduction for conservation in Oregon. See, this is the stuff that drives me crazy is these people come up with these, these bills. And here, Laura's stating this too. If you're going to put a measure on the ballot, we need to say, we need to say in Oregon that then you have to show how that's paid for. And, and you need to put on there that these other funding sources, because everybody, I guarantee you, when you look in the voters pamphlet on, this, on the favorable side of this, it's not gonna tell you all those little details. And just so you guys know, I'm gonna push this about the voters pamphlet too, because I hate the voters pamphlet. People pay for everything in there, except for the statement, which is often a little hairy anyway, because <laughs> you can't tell what it means, but everything in there is gonna be paid for by the pros and cons. So they're trying to convince you 
And that's how the state of Oregon funds that let that tabloid called the voters pamphlet. That's not non-biased information. That is people trying to sway you and trick you and pull you in to do what they want you to do. So be smarter when you're reading the thing and do stuff like this. Find out from people who can. Now, maybe there's somebody out there that says they listen to what you guys have said and they still think it's worth doing. OK, then you vote as you will. But don't vote stupid. So what what scares you guys? One of the things about this that scares me the most, because especially after the last two years, um, I don't want anybody else having the information about how many guns I have in my home or what I'm going to do with those guns. I don't want anybody. It's nobody's business. They already know everything about my credit cards and everything like that. But my guns in my house those that's private information. And to, for them to want, does that bother the two of you? Rick, it bothers me a lot. And, and I think recently in California, there was a data dump, dump that could expose, let's put it this way. If I'm a criminal and I, I need a gun, I've got something that I'm planning, you know, premeditated and I need a gun. And all of a sudden there's a state database that I can access. And I can look at some rural address and say, oh, that house has, four of these and five of those. And so then we start casing the place and we see that, okay, there's a routine there. These are hardworking people. They're gone for certain hours of the day. They don't have any neighbors that are going to call, call 911. And so it's not even a rough burglary. It's just walk in the front door and, and get there. And then they say, well, they're going to be locked up in a gun safe. You remember we had that. Show me a safe. That's not basically burglar proof and right. and so there's still going to be an access but now we're going to give them the information where they can get a particular type of gun that is absolutely incredible to me that we would think of passing that type of a measure so is is it um do you have to have your guns locked in montana do you know i don't believe so um actually have a son that lives in Kalispell, not too far from one of your neighbor type guys. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get myself in trouble. But yeah. to me, the weird thing about locking a gun, um, burglar walks in the house. Excuse me, just a minute. I need to get the key to unlock my gun so that I can make sure that you're not in here. I mean, God, I mean is that it just that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. It's like you're giving them the power. The reason you have a gun in your home is because if somebody comes to your house, you need to have access to it, not dinking around with this thing, trying to get the padlock off. It, unbelievable. Chris West says, will it, it will be, will it be months or years before we are even able to purchase guns under this initiative? So here's the thing for both of you guys, Stan and Keeley. So let's say, so this the sheriff's department's underfunded anyway. Okay. So now I have to get a permit and take a class. Okay, so they don't have any classes. This thing goes through a month later after it's passed. So they don't have the classes up and running. And it's not obviously going to be a priority because they have um, crime is on the rise in Oregon. In case anybody didn't know, it's kind of in the headlines. So they've already got a, a lack of officers or sheriff deputies to do this work. Now they have to come up with a class, which let's say it's going to take, oh, nine months to a year to come up with a class. So then... Then, like, just to get a concealed weapons permit in Oregon is nine months out. So there's another nine months. So now we're 18 months in. Do, do you guys, do people, do you see where this is going? It's like, this is not, 
about stopping gun violence. This is about stalling people and not have giving you access to fire weapons. That's what it's all about. This is all this is all about. Go ahead, you two. I'm I'm so, on a tangent tonight. So Keely, if I can jump in here for just a minute, I don't want to cut you off, but there's a there's a really important data point that Oregonians need to understand. We rank 49th in the nation for the number of troopers per capita per hundred thousand. 49th. Now, the reason we're not last, well, wait a minute, we are last. Hawaii does not have a state police patrol. So we are absolutely last in the nation. So here we are putting another burden on law enforcement. They're underfunded now. We've had a real political movement in the last several decades, emphasized in the last several years, to underfund our police efforts, law enforcement efforts statewide. There is absolutely no sheriff's office or municipality or the state that's going to be able to address this additional burden in a timely fashion. You're right. It could be months, more likely years out, just to purchase a single-shot 22 pistol rifle. Think about so you, that. You know what's so hypocritical about that, too, is so we're number 49. We're the last in the country in terms of funding officers for, for, for people, per capita. Um, so now we... Oregon, let's say, passes this measure, and then the, the media, go, oh, Oregon's taking big steps to do this, and blah, 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 blah. Nobody mentions the fact that we don't have the money to do it. We already don't have the officers that we, we don't, we don't put our money where our mouth is when it comes to police protection. In fact, we try to defund the police, and then we have to, of course, Mayor Wheeler has to refund the police. But so we're, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, this isn't even... This is like, we'll get all this credit for being, oh, Oregon, the bottle bill, all these things, first to have marijuana legal. And now this gun, they're getting tough on guns, but we have no foundation under this whole thing. It's just all bullshit. <laughs> Excuse my language. House of cards. Keely, go ahead. You look like you wanted to say something. No, I just completely agree with you, Rick, about the time that will be required to get this all up and running because... First, they have to come up with the permitting database system. So how's that whole process going to work? Um, you know, in order to get that permit, like we said, you have to go through this class, which also is non-existent. It has to be offered by law enforcement or by instructors certified by law enforcement. So this isn't going to be, you know, an NRA class, hunter safety class that qualifies. It has to be through law enforcement, which... As you mentioned, they're already underfunded. This is going to be a problem in rural communities that have smaller law enforcement departments, yeah. but also in urban areas where they're going to have higher numbers of people now needing to come in to get this permit. So you have to set up this process. You have to come up with a training program. You have to be able to actually offer it. And again, all of this is completely unfunded. So by the time you're able to do this, who knows how long it will take, um, but there will be substantial delays unless something were to change suddenly but based on this as it would go into a as it would go into effect it will take significant time so who wrote this bill that's a great question um i believe it was written by the faith-based groups that are putting it forward uh lift every voice i believe believe is the name of their campaign um i it's don't called, believe it's called lift every voice I believe so. I believe that's the name of their campaign. Um, I'm someone that's not familiar with firearm laws or familiar with how 
firearms operate unless they intended to have the consequences that they have, which could be an absolute option as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure who the specific drafter was. So what an interesting name, because I'm seeing a whole bunch of voices on my page here who aren't hearing they're not hearing what you say again it's called hear every voice or lift every voice lift every voice but those who want gun rights to be kept out here <laughs> that's a uh, great reaction that is that is our reaction it, it is it, one of those how, can, how how hypocritical that's not every voice this lift every voice that agrees with me. Oh my gosh. That's I'll right. Say, right. I don't want you guys to get in trouble, but I and I'm not gonna get in trouble. They'll just the, the haters will hate. It we, just doesn't matter. This is you guys that it right there. It should tell you everything you need to know. I mean, and it's written. So how do people find out more? So that one thing you guys can do is share this video on your on your pages and through your social media. But where else can they go to get information? Because I've got this great press release you put out, but these people aren't gonna be on that list. How do they get involved? Um, because I think at this point, since we've only got like a few weeks till the election, um, if people need to be calling your neighbors. You need to be letting people, other gun owners know. If you're in a hunting group, talk with them. If you're in a fishing group, because this is gonna affect fisheries too because of that oh, wildlife. Um, Management to excise tax. Is that what it is? Is that, am I saying yes. that right? They are excise taxes. Yes. So that's going to affect fishing too. So if you're a fisherman and you don't hunt, you don't have a gun, this still is going to impact you. So you, you need to be talking in your groups and your fishing groups and your, um, when you're on the lit river, I'm telling other fishermen about it down in Cape Kaiwanda, Pacific city, <clears throat> all you guys should be talking about this to get the word out because if this passes, um, you know, it, it's not going to just go away. It's going to put the, everything is going to go like this, <sighs> screeching halt. And then they'll go through the courts and everything, but nothing's going to happen. And so you're going to want to get a gun and you can't. Um, but, but what every voice lift to every voice is an understanding is that the only people who are now going to be able to get guns are the bad people. <laughs> and those are the ones that we don't want to have them in the first place. You punish the good people and you don't punish the bad people. And yes, I said the word punish. So Keely, will you uh, uh, talked about the, the page that's been set up where people can go and get testimonials and other information? Yeah, absolutely. So we did, um, as I mentioned, we brought together the Sportsman's Coalition that's opposed to this measure um, you know, there's a lot of discussion out there about how it's going to impact your right to access firearms for self-protection. There's discussion about whether this is even constitutional under the recent U.S. Supreme Court decisions. But there isn't a lot of discussion out there about how it's going to impact legal hunters and conservation funding in Oregon. So our sportsmen's groups pulled together to help provide some of that information to voters um, before the November election. So we do have a website set up and it's sportsmanknow114.org. And so we have more information, particularly from the sportsman's perspective on how this will impact the law-abiding recreational folks in Oregon. Um, but there is an other information on other issues there as well. Did, did you say sportsman know on 114? Just sportsmanknow114.org. 
And Rick, I think we'd be remiss, or I know I would be, is if we didn't realize this is November 8th, what are we, 27, 28 days away from this being decided? But what's going to be really equally and maybe even more important is how we change our direction in Oregon. And and we, we have a, a really superb candidate out there that looks at this in the same view that we do and just looks at it as nonsense. And so... I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to probably mention the name, but we do have several gubernatorial candidates who are very strong supporters of the Second Amendment and public safety. And so do, I really, we have, do we have two that are? Yes. And, and I think obviously well, I, can, I can mention them, right? And yeah. you tell me if I'm wrong. So I know Betsy Johnson's a big gun advocate. And I know Christina Drayson is also a big gun advocate. And I'm going to give you a thumbs up there. Okay, so those are the two. So, <laughs> I'm I'm going to put the I'm going to put the numbers to or, or, or what's that called? But I'm going to put the thread together here for everybody so they understand because I can do this. Um, it's my show and I can do this. So, if you believe that your gun rights are important to you, then you have two candidates you can vote for, <laughs> and one you probably don't want to, and that's how it works. And you need to be looking at your legislative candidates. And who are the people on there who have in the past stood up for gun rights and who are the people who have not stood up for gun rights? So you need to do that. And then those that's one of the issues you put into your big list of issues that are important to you. And if that's one of the ones that rises to the top, maybe it's pro-choice or pro, um, uh, pro-life. Those are other things. Guys, this is Oregon. We can change this whole thing, but we have to participate. And that means we can't just go, oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to vote. If you don't vote, you don't bitch. That's my world. You don't get to complain. You don't get to complain if you don't vote. And I know that there's weird things that go on with voting, but you know what? That's no reason to throw up your hands and say, I'm not participating. If you are not registered and you do not vote, then you are part of the problem. You are. Rick, thank you for saying that. That Keely and I, and uh, 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 incredible young woman and Amy Patrick with OHA. We, we've been talking about this almost until we're blue in the face then is the fact that we have to show up to be counted. You have to show up right. and, 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 and elections do have consequences. Think about and, and it this way. Oregon sells about 940,000 hunting and fishing licenses a year. How many? About 940,000. Wow. We could be the one of the biggest voting blocks in the state of Oregon. Yeah. Become active, folks. Help yeah. yourself. Help yeah. yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys, you're awesome. And I love the fact that I love your name, Sportsman Opposed to Gun Violence, because I think a lot of times people just think, oh, I rednecks with guns, you know. I mean, there's and here's the thing. This is not a Republican issue either. No. There's a ton of wonderful Democrats out there that are supportive of gun rights. This is a little woke group of people who are coming in and trying to stop something. They're, they're putting a Band-Aid on something that don't really want to go in and dig up, dig to the root of the problem. The problem with the gun violence in downtown Portland has nothing to do with hunters, fishers, and people, good Oregonians who, who want to carry guns to protect themselves. Because if some ass comes up to me and has a gun and is pointing it at me in downtown Portland, I'm going to point one back. And that's just how it's going to work. And they're going to make it harder and harder for us to do that. 
So this is your opportunity to stand up and be counted. Um, I, I, do you guys have anything else? I have one more thing I want to say, but I'm going to take you out and, and then not take you out. <laughs> We're doing a gun show. I'm going to take you out. Um, Facebook will start pulling me. He threatened them. <laughs> and but but I want to say one more thing to the audience. But it's, um, I want to keep it, you know. So you guys, it's not your groups. I have my opinions, and I don't want my opinions to bore you. Do you have anything else you want to say to people? Um, this is your time. Well, Keely, go ahead, and then I'll 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 cold trail it. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, I just really encourage everyone to share the message. It's surprising how many voters in Oregon are not aware. I think, Rick, you mentioned before that people just aren't even aware that this is on the ballot. And so we have a real opportunity between now and election day as people are receiving their ballots and, and sending them in to make sure that we're sharing that message. And it's something that everyone should care about. It's not just if you're a gun owner, a hunter, a fisher, but if you care about conservation, which I feel like most Oregonians do, this will hurt it. And so instead of trying to go down this path, let's reject this measure, have some meaningful conversations about real solutions, but without hurting Oregon's habitat and wildlife in the process. Very nice. Very well said. And then yeah, let's just so. switch to the public safety issue. <clears throat> Remember, if you live in rural parts of Montana, Oregon, Idaho, wherever it may be, you're minutes and hours away from someone being there to help you in a situation that's going to go really bad in seconds. We do have, there's a second amendment right and it's understand, understandable why we have to be capable. Let's put it that way. I, I, we, Rick, you've, everything you've said is absolutely spot on in this situation and we can't have initiatives, ballot box initiatives that are ill-conceived try to change really just our system. We have to work through a much more in-depth analysis and discussion. And I yeah. would leave it at that. I could go on for hours because this is our Oregon and we do need a new direction. Yeah, we do. Keely, you are like so well-spoken. And I mean, you're like the person who just sums everything up really nice. And, and uh, yeah, I and I really appreciate your uh, being here and doing that for people because I think you know, it takes all kinds of people and you're very, obviously a very bright woman and, um, and the way you articulate your, I love articulate people. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. And Stan, dude, with a last name like Steel, you are a steel rod and uh, you, keep, you keep fighting them and we'll see what happens. Thank you both for joining us, you guys. And you guys, the websites are on here so people can find. And you guys can go in, Chris, and all you guys can go in and put other information on there in the comment section because it will go to everybody that saw it and everybody that sees it. They'll see those comments. Okay. Okay. Right, you guys, Thank you so much for having us on. My total pleasure. This is why I do what I do, um, especially these, like nights like this. I love this stuff. <laughs> all right. See you guys later. Thank you, Rick. You're welcome. All right. So rubber hits the road. Okay. This is where we're going here. So I know I moved to Montana. Doesn't mean I don't love Oregon means I couldn't take it anymore. Um, so I'm now in Montana and I'm fighting for Oregon from here. Some of you don't like that. I don't care. It's not your business. I will fight for Oregon. I was born there. Um, Keely was talking about she's from Malawa County, one of my favorite places on the whole planet. Um, you have an opportunity this time to stop this madness. And, and here's the thing that drives me personally crazy. 
This is not the solution. I'm, I'm looking at this, this, this write-up on this. This is not the solution. This law isn't going to do crap. And they know it. This is like a feel-good bullshit move. If you really, we need to do something to stop violence in Portland. So maybe the people who are allowing that to happen need to get into this conversation or hear what we have to say about that. And Mr. Wheeler, maybe you need to take a stand longer than two years after the rioting and the crap and the homelessness and all the garbage. You open the door and now you can't shut it. It's like, you know, when you're a little kid and your sister or your brother's coming running after you and your bedroom door and you start to shut it and they already got their foot in the door and you're pushing and you can't get it shut. That's amazing. That's Mayor Wheeler. That's Governor Kate Brown. That's the Oregon legislature super majority. The doors open and the city council in Eugene and every other city that's allowing this to happen and they can't get the door shut. So what do they do? They come up with bullshit like this to try to make up something that isn't going to, it's not going to do anything, but oh, maybe they'll fall for it. Maybe it sounds really good. It's horseshit. So what you need to do is vote this down and then you vote in people who are going to do what you tell them to do. They work for you, not the other way around. And right now they're not working for you. And what they're doing is playing a game. And I, for one, am tired of being their pawn and you should be too. So one, a no on this is one way you can start speaking back. And then you go look at all the candidates of senators and people running in your area, and you make sure they're doing what you want them to do. Otherwise you fire them. You can take this thing back and you know what? They will come after you. Um, look at my page. You look how some of them come on and, and try to taunt and tease you. The truth still matters. See, that's, that's, a, that's what Oregon is based on, and that's been robbed from us, but that's still the standard. Oregonians, I mean, think about this. I'm, I'm on my little tangent here. Think about this. Could you be, um, if you're a pioneer and you're coming to Oregon, you're probably going to die. So these are tough, hardy people who came to this state and created something out of nothing. And yes, I know people will come on here and go, yes, but look what they did to the Native American. Come on. That's not the point. The point is they came out here to start a life. They were dreamers. They were pioneers. They were rugged individualists. And they were people who worked hard. Today, a lot of the people coming to Oregon, could you imagine that? Let's say there's a modern day pioneer wagon train and somebody gets on it. 10 miles out of Missouri. Oh, it's too bumpy. I can't ride in this wagon all day. Somebody needs to give me something better. Isn't there a Tesla around or something I can ride on? Oh, I'm not going to throw out all my belongings because I'll, otherwise I won't get to the new land. I want to keep that rocking chair. Could you imagine? We need to get back to that rugged individualist Oregonian that tries to work together and allows people to think for themselves. And that's what this law, this bill is or measure is taking away from you is your ability to be an Oregonian and to live the way you want to live. So you got an opportunity, folks, 28 days. And I see that smile. I think something's going to change for you. And my hope as a Montanan now is that you guys do this thing and you do it right. And you make some headway. It's not going to all switch over in Oregon overnight. And I'll tell you what, I don't want a supermajority of Republicans in that in, running that place either. No way. A supermajority is a bunch of power hungry people. And this supermajority has been working for 40 years, cheating, 
redistricting to better to make it benefit them and and they won but now in the end it's nipping them in the bud isn't it and so now it's come to roost but what you don't want is a super majority of republicans either because they're it's politicians (laughs) i'm sorry um it's just what it is what you want is people in office that understand that you're the boss so empower yourself stand up um don't get angry but you can get mad because sometimes getting mad gets you gets you going um and then you go out there and you but 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 you can't be mad without action in the jewish community action everything is an action word love is an action word being part of a community is an action word you're not part of a community you can live in blue river but if you don't participate in blue river you're not a part of that community because there's no action and that's the way it is with voting you can be say you're an oregonian but if you don't vote you are not participating you're not active and you're not participating in the community and that matters so apathy is your enemy and it's been running rapid in oregon for the last 40 years today is time to take that back stop to stop being apathetic stand up and vote for something um and and you may vote differently than i would vote that's fine but stand up for what you believe in and when you see stuff like this with groups with names like that (laughs) every voice but yours rick (laughs) every voice but yours Uh uh-uh doesn't work that way all right we want to thank our sponsors chris dano family dentistry Um, where everybody matters and everybody should get in there, whether you're vaccinated or not. They want to make sure your dental care is the best. And I've got a crown from them. In fact, we're doing a show on their crowns. Their crowns are are Oregon and Idaho made. They're not Chinese crowns. These are local crowns that they make in there to put in those teeth. And Buck Sanitary Service, because you know what? When the shit hits the fan, you got to have somewhere to put it. And they know when I'm doing a show, that shit is going to hit the fan. All right. Have a great time. Um, I realize these aren't always in the evenings. Tomorrow is our fun Thursday fun show. And we got Rob, uh, tackle base and tackle Rob from Coos Bay, Charleston area. He's going to come on. We're probably going to talk a little politics with him. Uh, Kim Stark's going to be on here with a, a surprise she's got. Um, May and Tim, our new B-free and BS-free MD. Uh, they have a podcast. You should check them out on Spotify. That's BS, like bullshit, BS Free MD. And they talk about things that nobody else will talk about in terms of medical advice. And they're both doctors, husband and wife. They're really super cool new clients. Um, so they'll be on tomorrow night as well. And then Compton Family Wines out of Philomath. If you're looking for a new winery to join, uh, they're the best. And they'll be here tomorrow too. All right. Um, beautiful time. That was, was that fun? I think that was pretty fun. All right. (laughs) Oh, Rick, this is what your mom told you. You'd always get yourself in trouble. She knew.